If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Well, hello there, my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 176 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but those Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on the 26th day of March of the year, 2023, as we are now just four days away from opening day, guys. Clap it up. It deserves it. And this actually goes hand in hand with another announcement, by the way, before we get into the show. I know, a hot start today. How could it not be? It's beautiful outside. It's a beautiful Sunday afternoon, 60 degrees and sunny. We are about a half a week, just a matter of days away from games actually counting in baseball. How could you not be excited and not start the podcast off on a blazing hot note? But actually, a personal announcement to start things off. And it's not a bad thing. It's actually a very good thing. It's a big deal for me. And at the beginning of it, you might be like, well, Mike, who the hell cares? It's just another just another little thing like that. But hey, it actually is a big deal once I explain it to you fully. The personal announcement that goes hand in hand with the excitement of opening day being just around the corner, guys, is that I am going to the Yankee game on Saturday April the 1st. I'm making my return to Yankee Stadium. Holy crap! Holy crap is right, Frank Barone. Thank you for that. But, again, at the start of the announcement, you might be saying, Mike, who the hell cares? Just you going to a Yankee game. It's not just me going to a Yankee game, guys. It's me going to my first Yankee game in almost a half a decade. When I say I'm making my return to Yankee Stadium, it's the first time that I'm going to a game since like June of 2019, guys. 2019. If you think about what was going on around that time period, that was just around the time I started this show. Because <laughs> Yapping Yankees has been around for quite some time now. It's been around for nearly four years, and that's been just about how long it has been since I have stepped foot into or even saw Yankee Stadium. And I'm finally making my long-awaited return. The time is done. I'm letting go of my grudge. I'm going to a Yankee game. It's time to go back home. It's time. It's been four long years. Obviously, nobody was able to go in 2020 for obvious reasons. 2021, I just didn't feel like going. The first time fans were back, there was limited capacity at first. And I was like, it just sounds like a disaster. I don't want to go. And last year... I just didn't feel like going again. I was like, you know what? I haven't gone in a couple of years, and I've been totally content with the comfort of my own home, just watching on my couch and enjoying the game that way. But you know what? It's time to break the streak. It's been almost a half a decade since I've returned, and I'm going back to the game. Now, if any of you are going to be there, please let me know. I'd be more than happy to meet people that I haven't met before or maybe see some familiar faces again. I've met plenty of people from Yankees Twitter. I've met... Plenty of new friends in general from the Yankees community and seen them at games. If, whether you're someone I already know of or if you're not, doesn't matter. 
Hit me up on social media, guys. I'd be glad to see you at the game. Again, it's my first one in four years, and I don't know when the next one is that I'm going to be back, but I assume that I'm going to be back before the season ends, obviously. I plan on going to multiple games this year for the first time since 2019, but whether I know you already or not, Hit me up if you're a follower of mine on social media, especially if you don't know my my socials already. Facebook fan page, Mike Scudero NY. Twitter, most notably, is at Mike Scudero. And Instagram is at MikeScuds97. Hit me up and tell me if you're going to Saturday the first game. I will be there. First base, foul territory, field level, right behind Anthony Rizzo. And surprisingly, for quite the bargain, too, by the way. So, I will be back at Yankee Stadium as of April 1st. I cannot freaking wait to go. It's six days away. Opening day is four days away. So much happening, guys. So much to talk about this week. I'm not going to make it as long as I did last week, because last week's episode was a marathon. Almost an hour and 50 minutes. It's one of the longest Yapping Yankees episodes of all time, but we had a lot to talk about. Lots of Yankees news to talk about, lots of World Baseball Classic stuff to talk about, long social media segment, lots to get to. But we have a lot to talk about today, but I don't think it's an hour and 50 minutes worth of content, so you don't got to worry about that. But if you did make it to the end of last week's episode, if you listen from start to finish, I got to give you all the kudos in the world. You are truly a diehard, loyal, faithful, yapping Yankees fan, because that's not easy to do. I know how short people's attention spans are. You lose interest after three minutes if you're not into it. But maybe even less, depending on the person, (laughs) for some people and some forms of content. But if you made it, From the beginning to the end of that episode, I've got to give you all the credit in the world. I am truly impressed and truly honored that you would spend that much time on my crazy ass because it's a long time, a lot of time to dedicate to it. As far as today, today's episode, on top of having a lot to talk about, is also going to be a little weird from my perspective. Obviously, because I edit it to make it sound seamless, you're not going to be able to tell the difference if I don't say anything, but I'm just being honest right now. Today's going to be a hectic day recording-wise for me. Right now, at the time I'm taping, it's almost 2 o'clock in the afternoon. But I shortly, very shortly, have company coming over for Sunday lunch. And when that happens, I'm going to be taking a break from recording and spending some time with them. And then after that, I'm going to my dad's house because it's my stepmom's birthday. So... Well, it was her birthday yesterday, but we're spending it today. I'm not even sure she knows I'm coming over today. Might be a nice surprise, but any in any event, I'm going to my dad's house later after I spend some time here with these people, friends of my mom's for some Sunday lunch, some beautiful fresh Sunday pasta lunch that my mom always makes, one of the best cooks in the world. I think the best in the world, but that's I'm a little biased with that for obvious reasons. But anyways, <laughs> she's probably smiling from ear to ear as she's listening to this. Anyways... I'm going to be spending time with them, going to my dad's house after, and then I'm coming back to finish the rest of this recording. So I'm recording a portion of the show right now in the early afternoon, and then the rest of it later tonight. (laughs) But I'm still planning on having the episode out to you around the usual time, 10, 11 o'clock hour tonight, and obviously you have the entire week to listen to it whenever you want up until next Sunday. And also, I did receive some questions. Am I going to be doing the show next Sunday, even though it is Palm Sunday? Yes, I am. 
but I will not be doing the show the following Sunday for Easter Sunday because that is a huge holiday, obviously, one of the biggest of the year. I will not be taping on Easter Sunday, but I will be doing an episode next Sunday on Palm Sunday. You will have a Yapping Yankees episode coming your way. We have been back nice and consistently each and every week. Since spring training began, it has been awesome to be back every week with Yapping Yankees having a blast talking about this, having talked about the World Baseball Classic for weeks on end. So that is my hectic schedule for today. And along with all the excitement and all the crap we got to talk about today, whether it be good or bad. But speaking of the World Baseball Classic, why don't we just go right into that and do the ending recap for that because it is over now. And I'm proud to announce that I am very very glad, even though I'm not happy that the U.S. didn't win. Obviously, I wanted the U.S. to win. But I am very proud of myself. <laughs> I would have rather the U.S. win, of course, and maybe be wrong about this. But literally from the semifinals all the way through to the finals, my prediction for every single game was correct. <laughs> I expected the United States to defeat Cuba pretty convincingly because a lot of Cuba's best players are not playing for the team. But anyways, I expected the U.S. to beat them convincingly, and they did. 14-2. My God in heaven, was it a murder. Cuba got on the board first in the first inning, but my God, did the U.S. not look back after that. Goldschmidt, two-run shot in the bottom of the first. Bottom of the second. Trey Turner, another home run after his huge home run against Venezuela. People at this point were starting to call him a founding father because of how great he was and how he was carrying the United States team. But he added a solo shot in the bottom of the second to make it 3-1. to one. Pete Alonso, RBI single, 4-1. to one. Tim Anderson, sack fly, 5-1. to one. Arenado, RBI triple, 6-1. to one. Kyle Schwarber, walk at the bases loaded, 7-1. to one. Then Cuba made it 7-2 to two on an RBI single by Ibanez, but then... The United States just continued to pile on after that two-run single for Goldschmidt made it 9-2. Trey Turner again. <laughs> my God. This guy. My God in heaven. Trey Turner had himself a hell of a classic, did he not? 12-2 after a three-run homer. Then Mike Trout, RBI double, 13-2. And Cedric Mullins later in the game off the bench in a pinch-hitting appearance. Solo shot to right center field, made it 14-2, and that was finally the final score in that game. The USA convincingly moving on to the World Baseball Classic final to take on Japan, who I also did predict to take on and defeat Mexico, but I did not expect Mexico to put up the fight that they did. They were actually looking pretty, pretty solid throughout most of the game until... Japan just pulled it out late in the game like I felt like they were going to do. I just didn't feel like they were going to allow themselves to lose. And Otani really leading the way, starting off that bottom of the ninth with that leadoff double on an up-and-away pitch that really was tough to hit, but he just roped it to right center field, led to Japan's comeback, and them beating Mexico as I had anticipated, even though, again, Mexico made it much more interesting than they thought they were going to. But the U.S., and Japan final did happen as I had predicted. I did predict that Japan would win, and ultimately they did. But you know what? Hats off to Japan, man. I, I've always had the utmost respect for Japan overall, but also their players, obviously. They're just a different breed, those guys, especially Otani. I mean, they're just an incredible team. I was not surprised that despite the U.S.'s murderous lineup, 
that they were able to silence them with their elite pitching. I was not surprised in the slightest. I was not surprised that they won the game in general. But I thought it was a well-played game all around, guys. Both teams, they both hit two solo shots each. The only difference in the 3-2 final was an RBI ground out by Japan. Overall, it was a suspenseful, intense, close championship game between two great teams. And I did say that if the U.S. were to be eliminated or just lose overall in the final in this tournament, that it would be as a result of their pitching because their pitching was mid. It was eh. They could have had much better pitching. I mean, if they just had either one of like Scherzer, Verlander, Cole, DeGrom, any of those guys, and I know DeGrom's injured, I know, but if they had any of the elite U.S. pitchers, just one of them, it would have made all the difference in the world. But their pitching was eh at best. But you know what? Believe it or not, in the end, it was low scoring. Thanks to Japan's pitching, that ultimately did the United States team in. And the U.S. pitching was actually, they did very well. Merrill Kelly didn't do a bad job except for giving up a home run to Murakami, that monster with 56 home runs with Japan last year and broke the single-season Japanese record. And the rest of them did very nicely after that, only holding Japan to three runs. And again, the U.S. were only able to muster up two solo shots, one by Trey Turner, who gave the U.S. an early lead, by the way, until Murakami answered right back with his solo nuke off of Merrill Kelly right away in the bottom half of that inning. And then Japan added on their two more runs on another solo shot, as well as an RBI ground out. Kyle Schwarber with his solo shot later in the game, an absolute tank job around the same area that Murakami hit his. But that made it 3-2, to and that was the final with Shohei Otani coming out to close out the game in the ninth inning. But honestly, it was an intense game, even though on both ends the offenses were quiet, did not put very many runs up, and the U.S. actually had more hits than Japan. They just couldn't get those runs in, ultimately. That's what really did them in. Japanese pitching held them down. But what a final. What a World Baseball Classic tournament overall. As much as I wish the U.S. won, I wasn't really expecting them to, even though they made it very interesting. It was a good final game. Great tournament overall. Hats off to Japan, honestly. Hats off to them big time. They win their third Classic. They won the first two in 06 and 09, obviously. Then the DR won in 13, the U.S. in 17, and now Japan yet again in the return of the tournament after six years in 2023. Hats off to them. The next tournament was announced for 2026. I cannot wait for its return. I'm glad it's coming back. I think it is a big deal for baseball and growing the game like baseball claims to want to all the time. Grow the game, Major League Baseball. Even though they just announced this past week that things like Apple TV Plus, they're going to be, they're not going to be free anymore as of this year, making the, the product harder to access and trying to drain more money out of the common viewer, making the product even more harder to access, or more harder, nice English there, Mike, even harder to access, and I don't know, it's just crazy, they're growing the game claims, but then they do things like that, and I think... In light of all that crap, I think that the World Baseball Classic is truly a great opportunity to grow the game, not only making people here in the U.S. care about it more, even though a lot of people already do, like myself, but also globally. That's the goal, right? That's why the U.S. has held games in London recently and whatnot. They're trying to expose other countries to the game that don't already care about it. So, 
I think it's a great means in doing that. A lot of people are into it. The players freaking love it. They've been more than vocal about that, and I eagerly await its return. But for now, again, congratulations to Japan on a fantastic tournament. They went undefeated. They didn't lose a game all throughout, and they saw that through all the way to the end. So that is the World Baseball Classic, guys. Awesome tournament. I had a great time watching it. Again, wish the U.S. won, but it is what it is. Great job to Japan. All the respect in the world. Now, (laughs) what say you we get to our main topic at hand, our beloved boys in pinstripes, those New York Yankees. They may be those beloved New York Yankees in our eyes, but boy, do they cause us a great deal of pain sometimes. And we're not the only ones dealing with pain caused by the Yankees. (laughs) There are certain Yankees that are actually in physical pain. We know about all the injuries week by week throughout spring training as we've spoken about them the past few weeks all throughout. Well, unfortunately, the pain increased even more this past week because just days ago, another name added to the list of already injured players, and unfortunately, even more so, it is in an area where the Yankees really could not have afforded, I mean, they can, especially because it's at the very beginning, and they're claiming it's not that big of a deal, but again, with a grain of salt, every time the Yankees give an injury update and what they think will happen, or what they see so far, but in an area that you really didn't want another injury to happen in because there already were a couple to begin with. The area I speak of is starting pitching. And I'm sure you all know what I'm talking about already, but the Yankees announced a couple of days ago, and this, even though I don't make much of bad spring training starts, and considering he did show some promise with his strikeout numbers being way up in his last outing, but I guess this could add some credit to it, some reasoning as to why some of his starts may have had some struggle in it to some people who were like, what the hell's going on with them? Luis Severino injured again. And not only is it rough just for this year alone, even though they claim it's just a low-grade lat strain and he could just miss a start or two, so similar timeline-wise to that of guys like, I don't know, maybe like Nestor being pushed back slightly because of the hamstring tweak that he that they say he's still working back from. And Rodon as well, with his elbow ligament issue, they say he's only going to be out until mid, maybe late April, so not that many starts missed, and they're claiming the same for Severino, but, I mean, it's just a different story with Severino. And this this does put the starting rotation into a bit of peril, because obviously these are three guys down now with Rodon, Luis Severino himself, and Frankie Montas, and if you want to even count Nestor along with that, then he might miss a start or two, but I think he'll be fine. Uh, I believe he's set to start actually tomorrow, I think they might have said. Let me just double-check that just to be sure. The Yankees are playing the Rays tomorrow. No, Schmidt is actually starting tomorrow's game. And then on Tuesday, yeah, that's when. Nestor is in line to start. So, I mean, he he'll probably be ready to go, but... Even if you want to count that, then fine. And that's another guy. And that only leaves Garrett Cole. But if you want to include Nestor in the starters that are ready to go, even so, that's just two guys from the original starting five that we had all envisioned and were prepared for. That ain't good. (laughs) 
So Montus, we've known for a while, is going to be out for probably the whole year, at the earliest, late in the second half, maybe. Maybe. But, and even though Rodon and Severino are said to not be, you know, not be slated to miss much time, and Rodon is in his throwing sessions and whatnot, I get that. But those are three guys down now. So we were speaking about, even before the Severino injury, we were talking about since Montas and, and Rodon are down, at least for now, that Schmidt and Herman. At first, it was a competition between the two of them for a potential fifth spot in light of Montas just being down at the time. But with Rodon going down, people were saying, oh, well, Schmidt and Herman are probably both going to get opportunities to be in the rotation now. Now they're most certainly going to both get opportunities in this rotation with even Severino going down. And now the Yankees are looking at potential other fifth starting spot options, including the very guy who has started today's game against the Blue Jays, the game going on right now as I record. So, and at this moment right now, it is the bottom of the fifth, and there is no score between the Yankees and the Blue Jays they're playing. And Johnny Brito, not Burrito, Brito, B-R-I-T-O, he is the 25-year-old young stud that the Yankees have that they're potentially looking at at least to start the season until the rotation, some guys come back and whatnot, to maybe take up the fifth spot. And today's start was a very good potential audition for him and I would say very safely that he very much wants that fifth spot because this afternoon he is not allowed a damn thing he has pitched five perfect innings so far as we sit in the bottom of the fifth with no score on either side five innings three strikeouts nothing else no hits no walks no nothing so He is throwing quite the game, and against the Blue Jays as well, and they have a decent amount of their regular starters in their lineup. Not all of them, but you're going to see most of, if not all, of regular starters start to be in spring training lineups and deep into the game now, since opening day is only just a matter of days away. So towards the end of spring training, you start to see a lot more of the regulars in the lineup regularly, staying deeper into the games as opposed to the kids coming in much earlier. That's the change you start to see towards the very end of spring training, which is obviously where we are at now. So, Brito is looking fantastic today. So, he might very well grab that fifth spot if the Yankees put a lot of stock into how he has done this afternoon. He has looked great. The Yankees have mustered up four hits today, but they haven't been able to push a run across. But, as far as the rotation goes. So you're probably going to be seeing Clark Schmidt and Herman both in the rotation. And I believe, I believe that, <laughs> and this just sucks because, you know, I'm going to the second game of the season on Saturday. I was expecting to see Rodon pitch that in game two, but he's obviously not going to be ready. He's missing the start. So I believe, if I heard the announcement the other day correctly, that Schmidt is going to be starting that game. And I don't have a problem with Schmidt. I don't. But obviously, I would have rather had seen Rodon. <laughs> that would have made the second game a hell of a lot more exciting to attend. But I'm excited to go nonetheless. Doesn't matter. But I'm pretty sure Schmidt will be starting that game. The, the rotation's probably going to be all over the place, at least to start, especially in light of all these rotation injuries. And they've also mentioned the possibility of the Yankees possibly starting the season with an extra reliever on that final 26-man roster, the opening day roster, because of how the starting rotation is probably going to be 
not throwing as many innings outside of guys like Cole and probably not even Nestor since of the because of this hamstring tweaking issue. So, and you're gonna have guys like Schmidt and Herman who might not make it too far into the games and Brito. Who knows? Who the hell knows? But they're gonna need the bullpen to probably put in the work through the first couple of weeks until you start to see Rodon come back, possibly Severino come back. Who knows the deal with Severino? And I am not taking what the Yankees say at face value because you have to be very careful with their injury updates. Obviously, as we all know, we have learned our lesson by now with how many times the Yankees have reported on an injury and it just doesn't turn out to be the case. And I know that not every organization, not every person is going to get every single injury correct right out of the get-go. They got to see how it goes and see how the person feels and how they progress in their revamping back up and their and their recovery. They, it just depends on the person too. I know it's complicated. You don't got to explain that to me like I'm five. All right? I get it. But a lot of the time, it's really annoying how wrong the Yankees often are with certain injuries and the injury updates. So I'm taking it with a grain of salt like I do every single injury update. But as of now, Severino's injury is a low-grade lat strain. And yes, if you recall, I believe it was a lat strain that made Luis Severino miss a couple of months last year too. So... Oh, damn. What just happened? Judge, Judge, he hit a home run. What else is new? Oh, my goodness. Let me hear this. Turn the volume up on my TV. The captain, baby. That looked like it was to right center field. Damn. Let's see this. See this replay. Mm. Two-handed swing, beautiful right center field, another spring training home run for Aaron Judge. God, I love him. (laughs) And now Rizzo, holy crap, again, back-to-back? Look at this! Turn the volume back up! (laughs) Damn, bro. They were just saying earlier in the game, Bob Lorenz and... uh, and Jeff Nelson, I believe they're on commentary today. They were just saying they were waiting on Rizzo to hit his first spring training home run. And my God, did he just. Wow. That looked like it was into the second deck and right center field at GMS. I got to see this replay now. Let's see this. What was it on? Fastball. Boom. Wow, he one-handed it too. Damn. Way to go, Riz. Now Stanton's up, so it's 3-0 Yankees. Two-run shot by Judge, and then Rizzo solo shot to right center field. Back to back. And belly to belly. Shut up, Mike. All right, so. <laughs> so when it comes to Severino, that's the deal right now. They're claiming that he's probably just going to miss a start or two. We'll see. But I did put out this a tweet about it on Twitter yesterday, and... and I'm going to reiterate, more or less, paraphrasing it, I guess, because it is my true opinion on the matter, but if the... Shut up, phone. Stop vibrating. (laughs) So, um, listen, I'm the last person, especially when it comes to injuries and especially to injuries to players that I like, and Severino happens to fall under that category. I'm the last person who wants to speak this way, and even though there's no... They claim it's a lighter injury... And he's not going to miss much time at all. So they claim right now. 
but I take it with a grain of salt. But if this does end up being serious, or even if we're talking about another injury that he sustains later down the line during this season, that ends up being serious and leads to him missing significant time. Even though I obviously always wish the best for him, and I love when he's on the mound because when he is healthy, he is electric, and that's the shame of it. But if he misses significant time again this year, guys, he's got to go after this year. Severino's got to go. I hate saying that because I don't like saying that about much of any players. You know that. I don't like speaking this way in general, and I do love Severino. When he's pitching, he's great, but that's the key words. Those were the key words right there. When he's pitching. When does he pitch? I mean, he's only had a little bit more than a couple of dozen starts, guys, since 2018. Like it or not, and I don't like it, but like it or not, since his four-year extension after 2018, his really last big, great year, he has barely pitched. He had a few starts in 2019, of course. 2020 got Tommy John, didn't pitch at all. 2021 was still working back from that. And then last year, he had even more injury issues. That only led to him having a few more starts than a dozen, so not even close to a full season even then. And now he's starting off this year injured. He has barely pitched in five years. There's only so long that you could overlook that, guys. No matter how much you like the guy, no matter how great you think he is, and I think he's great, when he takes the mound, you just got to look at the facts. I mean, he doesn't pitch enough. He's not reliable enough, especially for how much... The Yankees tend to like be prepared to rely on him going into a season, and then you could just almost guarantee it that he is going to get hurt. And that's exactly what I was talking about when the Yankees acquired Rodon, and when throughout the entire offseason, people were harping on, and I was harping on, how important it is to add an extra starting arm. Not only because of the unsuredness about Montas at the time, and thank God that we were proactive about that, talking about that as a fan base because of what ended up being with him, but I was even saying another big reason that it would be helpful to add an extra starting arm, even though having guys at the top of the rotation like Cole, Seve, Nestor, that's awesome. But what happens to just being extra cautious and adding insurance, what happens if someone like Severino, who is almost guaranteed to get hurt, gets injured? That'll make having an additional starting arm, especially a top-of-the-line one, even more vital. And what do you know? Severino, even if it's for a short time, is starting off the season on the injury list. So... That's why adding someone like Rodon was important. Now, it adds to the crisis because even that addition is injured right now. (laughs) Even if that's for a short time as well, he's not expected to be on the injured list for much later than mid to late April at the most from what they say. And no, when I laugh at that, that's not me laughing at Rodon or at the situation. I'm just laughing at how awful the situation is for the starting rotation. It's almost like that's insane hysterical laughter. Not laughing because I think it's funny. Injuries aren't funny, and I don't enjoy the peril of the Yankees whenever a certain aspect of the team starts to go down like the Hindenburg. I don't find that funny. I'm just laughing at the unbelievableness of it, if that's even a freaking word. But, 
it's just unreal how it's happened. Just an insane Joker laugh, I guess, whenever that kicks in. But anyway, so that that's why the starting rotation's really in deep crap right now. Because you picture it in your mind, the Yankees need to add another starter, especially top of the line one like Rodon, because, well, they need an extra starter in general, but also to account for maybe even the potential chance of guys like Severino getting hurt. Severino's hurt now, so you get Rodon, now Rodon's hurt. So, guys like Schmidt and Herman will get opportunities to be in the rotation, at least to start, and even someone like Brito for a while might get the opportunity to start, who, by the way, is just coming out of the game right now after throwing a stellar, perfect five and a third innings this afternoon against the Blue Jays. Huge job to him and a hell of a performance today in a period of time where just after announcing the Severino injury news a matter of days ago, the Yankees are looking for at least the first couple of weeks, maybe, for someone to take up that fifth rotation spot, and Brito just made a hell of a case for himself. So great, so great job to him. Fantastic work. But you're going to see guys like this get opportunities in the rotation because of the starting pitching injuries. That's three X's that you could put in the original five right now. That's Rodon, Sevi, and Montas. And we'll see what even happens with Nestor. I think Nestor will be fine. And I still think that the hamstring tweaking, even though I don't, you know, may, maybe there really is one, but I still think that that was a way to ensure that he does not pitch in the World Baseball Classic and he stays focused on Yankees camp because obviously he is such a huge part of this Yankee team and the rotation. They need him healthy and focused on the season at hand. So... Nonetheless, three names again you could scratch off. Expect to see Schmidt, Herman, and possibly someone like Brito in the rotation. Unless they happen to make a trade as well. Using someone in the infield as a trade chip maybe for another starting pitcher. I don't know what the hell is going to happen. But it would have to happen very soon because <laughs> the, I have to imagine that the Yankees will make their official opening day roster decisions in the next couple of days, because opening day is Thursday, guys. So I would assume by Tuesday, Wednesday, that is the latest that they'll go in deciding who's going to be on the opening day roster. We're going to find that out in a couple of days. So if you're listening to this later in the week, by maybe time opening day comes around, or even later than that, if you get around to listening to this episode late, then just remember, this is on Sunday before the opening day roster has been announced, so I don't know yet at the time that this was recorded. So, nonetheless, a trade could happen, or so they could add another starter, or they could just give a guy like Brito the chance. I think that it's worth it giving one of the kids a chance like Brito. I don't mind that. But, speaking of potential trades, this is actually a very good segue into this, and why it would be possibly an infielder. Because it's what everybody has been talking about, in light of the opening day roster decisions being just around the corner. This is really the last piece of significant Yankees news and discussion to talk about before moving on to some recapping of the last full week really quick of spring training and as well as our social media segment for this afternoon, for today. But the infield is definitely going to be a hot topic. I would say the topic of discussion, aside from who's going to be getting that fifth spot in the rotation, probably at least to start. In light of all these injuries happening, it's definitely making 
certain roster decisions, very interesting for the Yankees, and definitely opening up other spots for other guys, too, that maybe would not have been otherwise open had everybody been healthy. But the infield is an interesting point of discussion because you got to make decisions if you're the Yankees. There were a lot of infielders to tackle here. Like we've spoken about, you got Rizzo at first, you got DJ, Glaber, who could play second, even guys like Volpe, Peraza, who could also both play short. You have IKF, who could play short and third maybe, and has even been being used in spring training as utility for the outfield. Then you have Donaldson at third. You have, as we've spoken about for a long time now, I've, I've spoken about the infield logjam problem for more weeks than I care to count, even going back to the offseason. The Yankees have too many infielders. And this could present a big problem in light of the main topic of discussion, which, hint, hint, may or may not be the topic of discussion for the social media segment today as well. For the big name that everybody's talking about in light of his dominant and, to say the least, hard-to-ignore spring training, and the man I speak of is Anthony Volpe. Volpe has had, he's continued to have, I should say, because we have been praising him for weeks on Yapping Yankees for the unbelievable spring that he has showcased for us this year in his fight to grab an opening day roster spot. He has continued to have as good a spring as you could possibly ask of any potential rookie out there. He has continued to showcase unbelievable defense. He has continued to show that he can do it all at the plate. Even how he could adjust mid at bat, which cannot be understated how impressive that could be depending on how much he can do it and how big the adjustment mid at bat, or maybe from one at bat to the next. Even Pablo Lopez the other day just praised him. I believe it was yesterday, actually. Just praised him on his adjustment from one at bat to the other. At his age, it cannot be understated. He's continued to show us things like this each and every time he's been in the lineup. And the Yankees opened up spring training with the statement of there's basically an open competition for shortstop and maybe even for other positions like second base because they got to they gotta shift things around here. And I don't think there's going to be any definitive set for left field, for shortstop, for third base, for second base. There's going to be a lot of rotating as the Yankees like to do. But even with that rotating, because of the infield logjam right now, there's always bound to be at least one guy left behind. And that's what has everybody also talking about the possibility of a trade going down. Because like, well, that frees up one of the players in this infield logjam. It prevents you from having one person left out, potentially a very important bat end or fielder in the lineup on a regular basis. And you don't want to have that problem for the Yankees. But you look to the front office and Brian Cashman at large for that problem because it's poor roster construction. And if that ends up being the reason why someone who's truly beneficial for the team is left off of the roster come opening day, then it's nobody else's fault but their own because they did this. The front office did this. And that's why I also don't want to see anybody getting upset if Peraza makes the opening day roster and Volpe doesn't or the other way around or with whatever happens because if that's the case, 
especially in the case that Volpe doesn't make the opening day roster. You better not get mad at Peraza or any of the individual players or anything. This is the organization's fault. Because at that point, not only will they just straight up not be doing what's best for the team, even if it is just to start the season, but it is their fault to begin with, with the infield logjam. Don't look any further beyond that. It's not a player's fault. It's not anybody else's fault. It's the front office and Cashman's fault for their assembling of this roster. And it could even be about the service time manipulation. It could be that as well. Maybe be a little bit of both. But in any event, regardless of the reason, it's on the organization. It's not on any player or anything. Because without a shadow of a doubt, without any debate, Anthony Volpe has proven that he deserves a shot on the opening day roster. And if you remember for weeks on end now, I had been saying, especially at the start, that no matter how good he did, that I don't think he would get a shot on the roster. I just don't trust the Yankees to do the right thing. If you if you were to have an unbelievable spring, I'm still not sure that they would start him out at the major league level to start the season. I think they would have him develop for at least a little bit more down in AAA. And a part of me may still feel that way because I just, I have to be proven wrong and have to see it happen with my own eyes before I can see the Yankees do actually the right thing right off the bat pun intended. But there is definitely more of a chance now than before, I will admit, that Volpe has a chance to make the opening day roster. The chances are much more, and honestly, the community is putting a lot of pressure on the Yankees to make it happen because people want to see this kid after what they've seen this spring. They want to see him. I want to see him. Just because I was saying that I don't think he'll be on the roster doesn't mean that I don't want him to be. I was just speaking from the standpoint of what I think the Yankees, in actuality, will do. I think there's a better chance of it now, and I want it to happen, but I'm not sure it will. Because again, with the infield logjam, something has got to give. Something. Whether it be a trade being made, and one or maybe even two of these infield pieces are given away in that trade... Maybe for a starting pitcher for the time being, I don't know. Or maybe just for another piece, who the hell knows? Maybe trade for a reliever, I don't know. I don't know. Nobody knows, really. Just pure speculation at this point from the entire fan base as to what could happen. But, these next few days, between now and I would say Wednesday, are going to be very, very interesting. Because the ultimate decision about Volpe making the roster, which is the main thing that everybody's talking about, and how the infield overall roster-wise will look with all these overflowing infielders to start the season, this is going to be what everybody has their eyes on. It's what everybody already has their eyes on. But even more so when the official decisions are going to be made. It's going to be really interesting what they choose to do with DJ, what they choose to do with Glaber, if they want to have him on the field or find a way to make him a DH more often, which is the ideal path that I chose in the lineup that I gave last week and the lineup that I would want for the Yankees. And that lineup included Volpe. I'll read out that lineup to you again because I actually didn't delete it. It was Volpe at second base, Judge in center, Rizzo at first, Stanton in right, DJ at third, Oswaldo in left, Glaber DH, Oswald Peraza at short, and Trevino at catcher. So in this case, you have Peraza and 
Volpe in the lineup. And you have DJ there as well at third base. And everything's all good. Oswaldo's even there in left field. And by the way, today he even made a behind-the-back catch with him facing towards the plate, but the ball was behind him. Especially for someone who, again, is the outfield is not his primary position. My God, did he make that catch look easy. And it was not an easy catch. Right behind, put the glove right behind his head and just casually made the catch. Not easy. <laughs> so, Cabrera's making his case to at least get a lot of looks in the outfield yet again. But I personally want, of course, Peraza and Volpe to both make the team. But as long as all of the other infielders that we are accounting for are there, it's kind of impossible. Again, something's going to have to give, whether it be a trade or one of Peraza or Volpe being left in the minors at least to start the year, which in this case I think it would be Volpe, which I think would be the wrong thing to do. And Or people are even mentioning putting Glaber in a trade package because his trade value has never been higher after he actually had a pretty respectable overall season in 2022. I'm a little hesitant to trade Glaber, as we know. I'd be fine either or because... While I do like what he did in all months except for August, really, last year, I do also acknowledge that his trade value right now has probably never, almost never, been higher. So, you could, pro- you could probably get some respectable pieces back in exchange for him. But if you're looking for run production, you're also talking about someone who was one of the bigger one run producers, again, except for August, last year in Glaber Torres. So it's tough to just give him away when you're looking for better pieces in the lineup as well. Especially if Volpe's to not start the season. And I know the pieces that everyone wants me to talk about as well, especially because he seems to have made some recent changes and he looks better since then. I'll acknowledge it in a second. But that's really the main concern with the infield right now as far as the logjam and the obvious impending decision when it comes to Volpe, whether or not he'll make the roster, what's going to happen with Peraza or even Glaber if a potential trade is made. It might not even happen, and this whole entire discussion might be moot. But something has got to give. That's the point of throwing all of these scenarios out there and speculating like this. Something has got to give with this infield logjam. Especially if the Yankees, in light of all this stuff going on with the rotation, do plan on carrying an extra reliever as well, because carrying an extra reliever is one less roster spot with all of those infielders. And you need guys for the bench as well. It's complicated. So I'm looking forward to seeing how this roster ultimately shakes up with how things are going to be to start the season. And of course, as guys come back from injury, like people in the rotation, people like Harrison Bader, when guys like that return, people are going to be sent back down as well. Certain other roster spots are going to be clogged up. Maybe even a trade is made then. Who the hell knows? Who knows? It's complicated. We'll have to see as we go to a certain degree. We could all speculate like we always do. It's part of sports talk. But we'll ultimately just have to see what happens. But with the way things are right now, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how the opening day roster and the infield decisions, Volpe particularly, shake up when the time comes. Now, I won't be a hypocrite. I will hit on the three names that I have hit on for weeks now and how they have looked as of this past week in addition to how we've spoken about them for weeks on end now. So, let's start off with Josh Donaldson. 
who many of you know, particularly because of his attitude and alongside his attitude, his notoriously low amounts of production, particularly offensively last year especially, because of all that factored in how much I tend to not be able to stand the guy. Now, it doesn't mean that I want my prediction of him not being able to bounce back this year to be true. I don't want it to be true. It's just truly what I think. But I do have my reasons, of course, which I have I have put out there plenty for weeks now. Valid reasons based off what we saw last year and even to start spring training mostly this year up until just a few days ago when we started to notice these changes he was making. Many valid reasons as to why I just don't think he has it in him to have the bounce back that the Yankees are foreseeing, especially with the bat. Because with the glove, he was respectable last year. Didn't do badly on on defense. But with the bat, it's a different story. And even just a little while ago, Boone was on with the John Boy crew again, with uh, with with Jimmy and Jake again. And they asked him to make another prediction for this year like he did last year when he said last year that he felt that Nestor would be an all-star. And obviously Boone was right about that, ultimately. And this time he even said that Josh Donaldson, he foresees him having a good year. So the Yankees are going to die on this hill, guys, until there's no more hill to die on. They're going to stick by it. I respect it. Listen. I may not agree with it, but I got to respect the dedication. And I would only be happy about guys who I don't trust to have a good year having a good year because that means the Yankees' success. And I will obviously put the Yankees' success far before me being right about something. I could not care less about being right about something when comparing it to the Yankees being successful. And Josh Donaldson, especially because of the Yankees' determination to just stick with him, him doing well would benefit the Yankees, which would make me happy, which would make me not give a crap about being right. So obviously I would like for him to do well, even though I don't, I still don't really fully believe in him, but I will give him credit where credit is due. I will give him credit for making the obvious changes that he has made this past week. And it's resulted with him hitting a few more home runs just in this past week alone. He's changed his batting stance, which has definitely helped him with his timing. And it has really had its results the last few days. It has. And it's just a few days, so I'm not going to let myself get excited about it, especially because it is spring training still. I also naturally don't put too much stock into anything in spring training, unless it's warranted in the case of like Anthony Volpe and whatnot, especially facing, facing major league pitchers and, and whatnot. But... I will give credit where credit is due. These last few days, because of the obvious changes he has made, Donaldson looks better with the bet. Will it continue? I'm still inclined to think that it will not. I have to see how he looks when the regular season comes around, which obviously is a mere days away. So we'll see very soon how he looks when the games actually count. And I'm still having him on a fairly short leash from the Yankees, especially because of how... The infield is crowded with too many infielders that the Yankees have right now. And there are plenty of other guys who deserve opportunities. So, we'll see how that shakes out. But I do want to give Donaldson his credit for how he has looked the last few days because of the changes he has made. I'm still sticking to my take on him until I can't anymore. Until I can admit when I am just wrong, which I have no problem doing. And would be happy about because he would be helping the Yankees out. But I do have to give credit where credit is due. 
as far as IKF, I don't really have much more to add on him than I've already said, other than, yeah, it's pretty uh, it's pretty funny seeing him continue to get opportunities in the outfield. He even played left field the other day. They started him out giving him opportunities in center. Now they're giving him shots in left even. So very interesting there. But other than that, he's not... There's not much to say about him with the bat because he is what he is with the bat. I do respect his go-getting attitude, though, and his willingness to do whatever it takes to be a part of the team. I respect that. Listen, he's here. He was re-signed to a one-year, $6 million contract. He's going to do whatever it takes to be a part of the team. My problem was never with IKF personally. I've said this from the beginning. I have my personal issues with Donaldson because of his attitude and his lack of results to show for said attitude. I don't have a personal problem with IKF, though. I don't. And I never have. I've stressed that many times. Even if it sounds like I do because of my criticism of his play, but, I mean, that's valid. That's how he plays. But as far as how I feel about him personally and whose fault I think it is for forcing the issue, I've never had that problem personally with IKF. I don't mind him as a person. He's out there doing his job and doing what he was told and trying to do the best he can with it. From the very beginning, it's only been the organization's fault forcing shortstop upon him when he clearly wasn't a shortstop and continuing to force him down the throats of everybody when he just honestly has not earned a shot. And that's on the organization for not realizing or accepting what's better for the team. That's on them for the whole shortstop debacle, for them now feeling the need to force him into a bunch of other different positions because there might not be enough room for him or he has really forced them to realize that he just does not belong at shortstop and others are more deserving, yet they still decided to bring him back instead of maybe just non-tendering him. Or maybe he'll be the guy that they end up trading in this potential trade that could happen with the opening day roster being set in the next couple of days. Because it's definitely valid to say, and I did mention this possibility last week, that it is a fair claim for someone to make, and I, again, I agreed with this sort of mentality, that this could be a possibility, that the Yankees trying him out in all sorts of different positions, like center and even now left, this could be just a method of just showing his versatility and showing that he could play anywhere, because how teams value versatility in players nowadays, it could just be a way in boosting any sort of potential trade value and getting teams to see, well, hey, he could play here, he could play here, he could play here, he could play shortstop, third, center, left, and it could be an appealing thing for other teams to see that he has versatility. It could be a method in ultimately trading him. Who knows? If that doesn't happen, then again, this discussion is moot, but it could be a possibility. But ultimately, again, it is the organization's fault. I don't blame IKF. IKF is what he is as a player. I believe at this point he always will be. And he's doing his best. He's even trying to learn new positions to try to be a part of this team and still has a good mindset about everything. I don't got a problem with him personally. It's the organization who I blame for this mess. With him, with the infield logjam, and the potential that we even have to be talking about of Volpe not making the opening day roster possibly, which he has earned every right of making and has shown the Yankees every single thing that they possibly could have hoped for. And so that brings me back to my point before of not being mad at any players for any decisions made or any sort of opinions or mindsets. It's the organization, the front office, Cashman, all of them, his advisors, it's on them. We can't forget that, guys. 
It's on them, okay? So we'll see how this all shakes up ultimately. It's going to be interesting. That's the deal with IKF and Donaldson as far as I'm concerned. As far as Hicks, I mean, definitely at least until Bader's to come back, then I don't really see how they could incorporate him except for just shoehorning him into the lineup and into the field unnecessarily at that point. But especially until Bader comes back, I assume Hicks is going to get his fair amount of looks, his fair share of looks, even though I don't think him getting very many looks is fair at all. He has had his games this spring where he is hit. He's had plenty of games this spring where he has not hit. And his outfield reel, for the most part so far, has been a comedy routine, which does not help his cause. On a day like today, he had another good day. He got a hit in his one at-bat today. In his other plate appearances, he had walks. So not a bad job today at all. And with that one hit, a nice piece of hitting, because he was way out in front of a ball and still managed to just bloop it into right field very nicely, got a hit out of it, and then otherwise walked. So with Hicks, I mean, I'm sorry, my opinion just isn't changing until he just does something really big for some time, shows significant improvement offensively and significant improvement in the field. Until that happens, I just don't have reason to believe in him, guys. I don't. And I know I don't have to justify that to very many of you because the vast majority of the Yankee fan base cannot wait until this guy is no longer with the team. I get that. I'm just explaining my reasoning. If you want to believe in him, fine. More power to you. The one thing, even if I don't agree with anyone's, with a certain person's opinion in believing in a certain player, that doesn't mean I'm going to crap on you. I mean, I'm more than willing to have a debate with you. But if you want to believe in a guy listen, and go with the positive mindset, then more power to you. I'm never going to crap on your life about that. All I ask is that you don't crap on me for feeling the way that I feel when I have plenty of evidence to back up the way that I feel. (laughs) Plenty of valid evidence. That's all I ask. You want to root for a guy even though there's little to no evidence to do so? More power to you. And I hope you're right because, again, that leads to the Yankees' success. In that case, I hope I'm wrong. So, that's the deal. Basically the same thing with Hicks, even though I will acknowledge that he's had his good games this spring, but I gotta see more, especially when the games count. And listen, he's fortunate enough at the cost of Bader. I mean, he's fortunate enough that he's probably gonna get more looks than he should to start the season in the outfield. He's gonna have a shot. I gotta see what happens with that. He's gotta prove himself. I believe he's already been given too many chances as it is, but as long as he's going to keep getting more and the Yankees are going to keep forcing the issue, well, they might as well see what he's got, right? Because what else are we going to do about it? (laughs) So, that's the deal with that. So, I guess the most positive one of all of them is Donaldson as of this past week because he has visibly made some changes. We'll see how it continues to go for the last couple of games of spring training, the next few days up until Thursday, opening day, and see how it goes when games actually start to count. Because the next time we speak, it'll be the regular season, guys. And I will have made my return to Yankee Stadium for the first time in four freaking years. And Lord only knows how amped I am about that. But I guess that is all the general discussion when it comes to the roster, the infield situation as spring training is coming to a close. And that, that honestly eliminates a lot of what I have to talk about, a lot of my takes when it comes to the social media segment later, because again, hint, hint, it may or may not have a lot to do with Anthony Volpe. Now, with that being said, 
We only really have recap and the social media segment to do as we near an hour already on this episode. My God. (laughs) Even though I could still guarantee this episode won't be as long as last week. It just is unreal how time just flies every week. This is what happens when you talk about something you love and you're passionate about, guys. You just go on for a long time. And everybody always tells me that. Like, I can't believe, Mike, you talk basically to yourself. I mean, with the exception of doing social media interaction at the end of the show, but for most of the show, just talking to yourself like that and knowing what to say and keeping the conversation going, it's easy when you're talking about something that you love. It's just easy. I don't know what else to tell you. So, but with that being said, with only those last two things really to hit on after all of that discussion for the first hour or so of this show, the company's here. I'm going to go enjoy some lunch, obviously. When you're hearing this episode, it's going to be edited all together. And if I didn't say anything, then you wouldn't even know that there was passing of time between segments. But I'm being honest with you. So right now, I'm going to go into that time jump that I mentioned before. I'm going to go enjoy some lunch, go to my dad's house after and celebrate my stepmom's birthday. And then I will be back later tonight to finish off with recap and the social media segment. So for me, I'll be back in a few hours. For you, I'll be back in a couple of seconds. Folks, here we are back. Two seconds for you. Hours went by for me. It is now 8.45 at night. Just got back from my dad's house. Had myself a nice day. A lot of pasta. And guess what? Just within the last few hours alone, particularly with the Volpe discussion from earlier, a lot of it is moot at this point because just mere hours later when we were speculating and putting out all these potential scenarios and possibilities and having all these thoughts about the infield situation and Volpe making the roster or not making the roster, it was announced just mere, maybe a few hours ago at this point. I would say maybe... Like the 5 o'clock hour, give or take, it was announced. I saw this right when I got to my dad's house, and I was ecstatic that Anthony Volpe has, in fact, made the opening day roster. Yes, sir. Applause is definitely appropriate here. My gosh, I am so happy for this kid. And the videos are all over the place on social media. The interviews with the media that came out must have been just after he found out that he's making the opening day roster. He is just beaming with pure joy. You can tell. Probably on the verge of tears, not really even having many words to rub together when talking about it. And I'm just so happy for this kid. Not only because of what he did during spring training that showed that he deserves the shot, but he's just, and I spoke about this when talking about him personally, he just seems like such a down-to-earth kid. Just really sweet and genuine You could tell that everything that he has, he's earned. He's really worked hard to get here. I could not be happier for him. So he's making his Major League Baseball debut come opening day at the age of 21. The Yankees' number one prospect, Anthony Volpe. I could not be happier for him. I've been a big fan of his for a long time now. And he is genuinely one name in all the trade packages that have been put together for God knows who in the last couple of years. People have grouped his name into it. I've always been hesitant with his name more so than anybody. I was always saying I'd be willing to give away, if for the right person, just about anybody else except for him. Obviously, the organization has talked him up beyond belief. And you know what? 
I have got to give kudos to the organization here. And this is where people who accuse me of being a negative Yankee fan do not have a single leg to stand on. Because I can give credit to the Yankees as well. And I will take my loss with this one. I I can say I was wrong about this. Even just a few hours ago, I was saying that I have to see it to believe it. I would not believe that the Yankees have it in them to do the right thing and give Anthony Volpe a shot and put him on that opening day roster until it actually happens. And I did acknowledge that, yeah, after the spring training that he has had, it's definitely much more likely to happen now than it was at the beginning. But I still just had a hard time believing that he would make the opening day roster. I ended up ultimately mainly being wrong about that, and I could not be happier that I was wrong. I truly didn't think that the Yankees were going to do the right thing. I thought that even after the spring that he had, which gave him even more reason, which gave the organization even more reason to give him this shot. I did not think that they were going to do the right thing and include him on this roster. I thought even if service time manipulation had something to do with it, that they were going to do that as well and maybe just call him up later in the season or maybe in May or June or something. But they are giving him a shot right out of the gate. And I didn't think that they would have it in them to do this. And it shows that they were really honest from the beginning when they said that shortstop is mainly being seen as an open competition right now. And you know something? We all know, we were just speaking about it hours ago, that Volpe showed everything imaginable that the Yankees could have hoped for throughout spring training. And now he is breaking camp with the team and will be with them when the season starts in just four days. And I could not be happier. I cannot wait for Saturday's game even more now. I'm praying that he's playing on Saturday. I get to see this kid on just his second day in the big leagues. If he is, in fact, playing on Saturday the first, he better be. He better be. I would really love to see him out there. We know he's probably going to be out there opening day, but I cannot wait to see what happens with him. I'm so excited. The one thing I am a little nervous about is how fans are going to treat him if he goes through periods of struggling and whatnot. And I'm just going to be honest with people. You got to give this kid a chance. He's the number one prospect for a reason. And I realize not every prospect pans out properly. I understand that. But this kid is still just 21 years old. He's going to be making his major league debut. It's going to be his first season, first games in the major leagues. He's going to make his mistakes. He's going to be in his slumps. He's not always going to perform as amazingly as he has this spring, especially because he'll also be facing some of the best talent around on a regular basis as opposed to spring training. And the regular season is just an entirely different animal. The Major League Baseball regular season, that is. So he's going to go through his periods of difficulty. He's going to be making his errors in the field and whatnot. And then you know what? There's going to be times where he's really good. You just got to weather the storm when things are no good and just really be patient with him while he finds his way in the majors. He will find his way. I'm confident in this kid. I'm a huge fan of his personally, very similar to the way that I always was with Judge, and I really believe in his ability, and I think he has what it takes. But when he goes through those times of difficulty, you got to stick with it. You got to ride the waves. I'm sure he's prepared to. And just seeing how thrilled he is, genuinely just flying with utter joy over this news. It's so wholesome to see. I I am so excited for this kid. I'm so excited. Now, this also goes at something else. We also spoke about this having to do with the infield logjam before. We spoke all about it. 
how something has got to give here. Whether it be optioning Peraza, whether it be trying to involve Glaber or IKF in a trade, something has got to give with this infield logjam, particularly if Volpe is to make the opening day roster. It is now official hours later, after we spoke hours prior, before this news came out, that he is on the opening day roster. And it seems like the Yankees did at least announce one step to addressing this infield logjam and how something does unfortunately have to give. And unfortunately, it seems like they've chosen to go down the route of optioning Oswald Peraza to AAA. I'm not happy about this, but I'm willing to believe that it won't remain this way. Believe me, right out of the gate, I'd much rather Oswald Peraza in the main role in the middle infield rather than someone like IKF who's going to be getting his looks. But listen, I'm not surprised by this. I'm disappointed, but I'm not surprised because the Yankees always talk about how much, for what reason, I don't know. And again, I blame the organization for this, not the player but how much they believe in IKF and you know how much they've even been trying him out in different positions and the fact that they brought him back this past offseason instead of just non-tendering him, they brought him back, so that must mean they're going to use him at some capacity. Don't know where every single day, don't know why. Probably going to be sort of a rotation like the Yankees have a habit in doing. But I'm not happy about it because I want Oswald Peraza up here alongside Anthony Volpe. I think it is... It is time for the kids to play. I really like what we saw from Oswald Peraza to end the season last year, not to mention how they even had to lean on him in the playoffs when IKF just wasn't getting it done. And he put on quite a show defensively, even did some things that opened people's eyes with the bat. And for those reasons, I don't think that he... I don't think that he should be sent down. I don't think it's the right move. But something had to give especially if Volpe was going to make the opening day roster. I very much would have rathered someone be involved in the trade, particularly IKF preferably, but, I mean, they might just not have been able to pull something like that off. So now after giving him that one-year $6 million deal, they kind of felt stuck with him. And I have said for months now that $6 million is quite expensive for a utility guy, so they're probably going to do all they can until they absolutely can't anymore to give him some sort of a role on this team. And it's coming at the expense, unfortunately, of a young kid who I feel earned his place here after the end of last year in Oswald Peraza. It's really unfortunate. Um, So it's not the news you want alongside the fantastic news that Volpe is going to be on the opening day roster. But hopefully it won't last. I do want to see Peraza back up here. I do think that if they're not going to give this kid his fair shot that I feel he earned at the end of last year, you might as well trade him then. I mean, you could probably get a lot back for him because he's still rated really high amongst the Yankees. He put on a show at the end of last year in the bigs. You could probably get a decently handsome return for him amongst others probably in a potential trade package. But if you're going to make him just drown in the minors, if this is not just a recent thing to see how things go in the first couple of months of the season and you're just going to keep him down there and ruin him, you might as well trade him because the Yankees have had a habit of occasionally just ruining prospects with this sort of same behavior. So if that's the case, then they really need to evaluate what to do with Oswald Peraza going forward. But as far as the Volpe news, I could not be happier. We'll see how the infield is managed. Now it's probably going to be Volpe at shortstop and Glaber at second, switching with DJ, and Donaldson at third, switching with DJ, and then DJ could also play first base if Rizzo has the day off. 
Uh, Oswaldo Cabrera is probably going to be in the mix as well. You could have him cover just about any infield position, have him play the outfield. So this is probably what they're planning as for now. I'm just really surprised that Peraza is the one in AAA and Volpe is the one in the majors. I mean, if spring training is an indication as to what their decision ultimately was, then yeah, it makes sense because Volpe had a killer spring. Peraza didn't really do that much, but Peraza did what he did at the end of last year. I would have thought that held some value, but again... Also, it's complicated in itself because with the infield, because of the logjam that the front office created, something had to give. And unfortunately, at least for now, it is Oswald Peraza. As much as I hate it, I am willing to exercise patience, especially in the beginning of the year, and see how things go, and then evaluate later. But for now, because I feel Peraza is over AAA at this point. I feel like he's over it. He's conquered it. He's ready for something bigger. So I'm not a fan of this, but I'm willing to be patient for now at least to start. But I'm not going to let that dampen my excitement for Volpe because I could not be happier about this. I'm so thrilled for the kid. It kind of puts a damper on my social media segment a little bit, but I guess we can treat that segment as just seeing who got their predictions right and who got their predictions wrong. I've made it evident as to how mine was. So we'll see what yours were, but that is the big news that broke literally in the hours between me recording today. How crazy is that? I thought we weren't going to get an update on any of this until, I don't know, Tuesday? Maybe even early Wednesday. Because even, I think I heard hours ago today on the fan, Cashman was even like, yeah, we're not going to talk about any roster spots or anything having to do with the roster until we have to. Like, he put his foot down about that. And then shortly after that, we get the Volpe news. Really bizarre. And then shortly after that, we get the Peraza news. So, we'll see what happens. It's uh, It sucks about Peraza. Something had to give. We'll see what happens at least to start. But Volpe is starting in the bigs. I don't even... It's surreal to me. I really did not think that they were going to do this. I didn't think so. Really didn't. So, we'll see how he does. I... Pray for nothing but the best, and I hope people don't get on him like right away if he happens to ha- make some natural mistakes, like a rookie inevitably does at times. But I couldn't be happier for him. It's so freaking awesome. So, why don't we get to recapping this past week of spring training real quick before we get into the social media segment and wrap up today, because today has been an action-packed day, guys. I mean, for the love of God. <laughs> it's crazy. So... Last Sunday's game, we went over that last week. 5-3 loss against the Orioles. Monday, they were off. Tuesday, against the Tigers. For the Yankees that day, they had Luis Severino start this game, and this would be the last one that he would start, and it was probably his best, not actually not probably, definitely his best-looking start. Four innings, four hits, and yeah, two runs. Only one walk and nine strikeouts. This was really the start where his strikeout total was really up there. Definitely an improvement over his prior two starts, no doubt about that. Obviously, the injury news about him came out not long after, which sucks, but it is what it is. In this game for the Yankees, as far as scoring, this was really the first indication of Donaldson having made his batting stance and timing changes with his mechanics at the plate. Hit his second home run of the spring, a solo shot in the bottom of the fourth. In the bottom of the sixth, Glaber Torres with a game-tying RBI single. Then right after that, Josh Donaldson again 
A go-ahead three-run shot made it 5-2 to two at the time. Willie Calhoun, RBI ground up, made it 6-2. to two. And the final would be 6-3 to three Yankees. So they won that game. Donaldson making a big impact in that one, showcasing his changes at the plate. On Wednesday, the Yankees faced the Nationals. They had Clark Schmidt take the mound. Not such a great start for him. Three and two-thirds, six hits, three runs all earned, two walks, and just one strikeout, so not an ideal start for him. Uh, King pitched in this game after him, two and a third, scoreless, only allowing one hit and striking out two, so that was good to see. Otherwise, the Yankees ended up losing that game five to two after scoring two runs, one on a sack fly by Rafael Ortega, and Elijah Dunham, RBI single in the top of the ninth. Thursday, the Yankees played the Cardinals and actually ended in a tie with them. And the one run that the Yankees scored was on a solo bomb by Oswaldo Cabrera in the top of the fourth. And pitching this game for the Yankees, starting the game, was Nestor Cortez. So Nestor got the start here. Four innings shutout, only two hits and seven strikeouts. Very nice job by him. Only run allowed by Yankee pitching was by Greg Weissert in the fifth in his one inning of work. Ron Marinaccio also pitched after Weissert, and he came in. He looked great. Two scoreless innings, only one walk and three Ks. Big deal that Marinaccio looks good. Love that. On Friday, the Yankees played a split squad game, split squad day. And this game was actually looking really good for the Yankees. Uh, They were up 4-2 to going into the ninth inning before... Albert Abreu, and yeah, listen, I know it's just spring training, guys. I get it. But at this point, and I know he's going to be making the opening day roster, but especially because the Yankees are going to need as many relief pitchers as they can get their hands on, at least to start. But I've seen too many Albert Abreu meltdowns in my day. I just have. (laughs) I really have. But that's, listen, it is what it is. Garrett Cole started this game five and two-thirds, five hits, only one run and three strikeouts. Not a bad start at all. Jimmy Cordero, who I'm also pretty sure we're going to be seeing on the opening day roster, an inning and two-thirds with three strikeouts for him. Then Abreu had his meltdown at the end of the game that ended up blowing it in the 6-4 to four loss against the Twins. As far as the runs for the Yankees that day, the four runs put up two of them. were on Anthony Volpe's third home run of the spring. Just looked fantastic in this game. And I believe that this was the game in which, uh, yeah, it was. Pablo Lopez praised his adjustment from one at-bat to the next, striking out on his breaking ball, and then the very next at-bat hitting a home run off his breaking ball. And he noticed that. So a two-run shot for Volpe in the bottom of the third, a bomb to dead center, and then a two-run single for Estevan Florial, making it 4 to nothing in the bottom of the fourth. Those are the four runs the Yankees scored, and they were about to win before Abreu just fell apart like a house of cards. So, after that, in the second game was the second game of the split squad with the Orioles. And in this one, the Yankees were all set to win this too until this one was blown at the end as well. (laughs) The Yankees did score six runs though, and they were each on a three-run shot by Oswaldo Cabrera and a three-run shot by Kyle Higashioka. Fresh off of the USA World Baseball Classic roster, channeling his spring training self. Three-run shot, making it 6 to nothing. But then the Yankee pitching gave it away after that. Most notably, DJ Snelton at the end of the game, just uh, causing a complete and utter collapse 
in just an inning and a third, allowing four runs. And then also, at the end of the game, Justin Wilson, not really helping anything out for himself either in the Yankees. So, in the last two innings, they allowed five runs together, and the Yankees took a 7-6 to loss because of it. Yesterday, the Yankees ended up grabbing a win against the Phillies, 8-3. to They face Aaron Nola, and starting for the Yankees in yesterday's game was Randy Vasquez going four innings, shutout, three hits, two walks, and four strikeouts. So, not a bad start for him. And the Yankees did get their eight runs off of an RBI single by Glaber in the first inning, a two-run shot by Donaldson, his fourth of the spring after that in the top of the first, as well gave the Yankees a 3-0 lead. Again, continuing to show his his, uh, changes at the plate. Got to give credit where credit's due. And the top of the second, my guy who I have been praising all spring long. I love how he has looked. Andres Chaparro, another home run for him. A solo shot, his fifth of the spring, made it 4-0. Judge RBI single made it 5-0. Glaber, three-run shot, made it 8-0. So he's looked pretty decent as well of late. And the Yankees allowed three runs after that for the 8-3 victory. And today they played the Blue Jays, watched a chunk of this. We spoke about it before. When I left you, I believe they had a 3 to nothing lead, and they added two more runs after that on a DJ two-run single. And the final score, after uh, also Oswaldo scored on a wild pitch in the bottom of the seventh, the final score of this game from today was 6-2. to two. And obviously going forward, the Yankees only have a couple of spring training games left tomorrow at 105 against the Rays. On Tuesday at 12.05 against the Nationals, that's the last one at Nationals Park, and Cortez will be starting that one. And Wednesday, everybody's got off, and opening day, guys, is Thursday. The regular season starts on Thursday. I cannot wait. 105 game at Yankee Stadium against the Giants on Thursday for opening day. Yankees are off on Friday, that weird day off after opening day thing that they usually do every year. Saturday, the game that I'll be at, April 1st, will be a 4.05 p.m. Eastern game. And Sunday, to wrap up opening weekend for the Yankees, and when I speak to you next on Sunday, April the 2nd, next Sunday, will be a 1.35 p.m. Eastern game. And for Palm Sunday, I am again giving you an episode that day, not sure when, because I will be going to my dad's house for Palm Sunday, but I'll find time to get the episode in. You know, when I make a commitment to you guys for content, I will get it out to you any way that I can with any time that I find. Even if I have to record it the day before on Saturday somehow, even though that'll be pretty hectic because I will be at the game and getting home probably pretty late. Since it's a 4 o'clock game, I never leave early. So probably won't be getting home till the nighttime. That'll be tough, yeah. So I'll have to record Sunday. I'll get it in. Don't worry about it. So that's what's going for the next week, guys. Couple of more spring training games, and that's it. Time for games to count after that. Oh, God, I'm so excited. All righty, real quick, social media segment. It was a poll, and again, because of the official Volpe news, this is more of just a uh, let's see who got their predictions right segment, more so than anything. But the social media question, a poll this week. I haven't done a poll in a while. Do you think Anthony Volpe will be on the opening day roster? And keep in mind, this isn't if you want him to be. It's if you think the Yankees will actually do it. And of all the votes that came in, hundreds and hundreds of votes, 
71% said he will be. So a lot of you were correct. A lot of you had faith that the Yankees would do the right thing. And the remaining 29% said no. I have more than made my stance clear throughout the show. No need to repeat myself like a broken record. Let's hear some replies real quick. Up first, we got at Pink Ember saying, I don't trust what Booney says. He tends to say one thing and do another. And please don't misunderstand me. I want Anthony in the starting lineup on opening day. Well, I hear you. Listen, the Yankees haven't always been up front with their statements. But like I said before, now we got to give kudos to the organization. They were up front when talking about it being an open competition. And they gave it to the guy who during spring training really seemed to have deserved it the most. Because Volpe just, he did everything imaginable. You couldn't have hoped to see more out of him. Truly amazing what we got. At Geno's Yankees says, If Hal Steinbrenner's remarks back in November about an open competition for the shortstop position were true, the Yankees have no choice. Short of cleaning the stadium after games, he did it all. (laughs) Yeah, listen, it's hard to disagree, and you ultimately ended up being right. And the Yankees... Like you even just backed up, and like I said as well, you gotta give kudos to Hal and the rest of the organization who preached that it wasn't open competition because he really did it all, and they gave it to him. You're right. But it's interesting seeing people's thoughts about what they thought about this when the social media segment was posted yesterday, and obviously the news just came out today, so all these replies are well before the Volpe news came out about him making the roster. That's why I said this is just more of a uh, let's see who got their predictions right or wrong segment. But listen, I don't blame anybody for saying you can't really trust the Yankees at face value all the time because they're not always truly upfront about their intentions. That is true. But this time they were. Sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't. It's the way it goes. So, and especially even more so, like we said, because of the service time manipulation, there was just plenty of reason to believe that the Yankees were not going to do the right thing and give it to the one who's truly deserving, like Anthony Volpe was. But they did it this time. They did, and kudos to the Yankees. you got to give it to them. At NYY Sports Fan 96 says, Knowing the Yankees, they always wait a long time until they call up their prospects, just like they did with Peraza and Cabrera last season. Yeah, listen, all these tendencies with the Yankees and how they usually handle their prospects, a lot of it's true that you guys are saying. That's why there was reason to believe and why I thought that I just have to see it to believe it, that I didn't think it was going to happen. Not at least yet, right out of the gate. I thought it was just going to happen later on, but glad to be wrong. I'm glad because that doesn't mean I would have agreed with it happening later on. I just thought that's what the Yankees were going to actually do in actuality. At Laura underscore Icemont, Laura says, I think he will be. He's proven himself this spring that he's earned a spot on the team. Well, there's no doubt that he that he did. Just a matter of whether the Yankees were going to do it or not. And you know what? They did. At Zalman888 says, no doubt. Well, you were right to have no doubt. Good for you. <laughs> At Tony New York one says, Volpe has shown he belongs. He's passed every test with flying colors. The one and only reason he wouldn't be on it is a monetary one and time served at the major league level. Yeah, that's what we were talking about, service time manipulation. You never know. A lot of teams pull that crap, especially the Yankees in the past, especially them. At MountainGal456 says, yes, I think he will be on the opening day roster. I also think they will consider what the captain of our team said about him. Yeah, no doubt. From 
the front office all the way to the bottom in this organization, all you've been hearing the last couple of weeks is how much he has been spoken highly about. So that's why I said, part of the reason I said it's definitely more likely that he will be now as opposed to before spring training started. No doubt about it. Definitely more likely. But I still just, I wasn't fully convinced that he was going to make it. I had to see it to believe it. Now that I'm seeing it, I believe it and I couldn't be happier. Alrighty, at Musician DMD, my friend Spencer says, yes, 100%. Volpe came into spring training with lofty expectations and has remarkably exceeded said expectations. Volpe will be on the roster, and I'm eager and privileged to be one of the first fans to see his Major League Baseball debut at Yankee Stadium on opening day. Hell yeah, Spencer. I hope you enjoy the heck out of that. You deserve it. And if he is in the lineup on Game 2... On Saturday, I can't wait to see him then myself. It's going to be awesome. Probably going to get such a huge ovation on opening day. I can't wait. Rebecca at Peace Now for Life. My good friend Rebecca says, I think Volpe will be on the opening day roster. At this point with how the kid proved himself all spring, it would be an embarrassment to the team if he isn't on the roster. They would all look so bad. He has nothing left to prove. He's ready. Hashtag Volpening Day. I like that. (laughs) Hey, you were right. A lot of people were right to believe in the organization. Good on all of you. I really wanted to, and I was convincing myself that he was going to, but again, I had that little thing in the back of my mind saying, I got to see it to believe it. So a lot of people were right in their predictions. Way to go, guys. At ILA, Bach RN says, a week or two ago, I was thinking no, but now I'm thinking yes. We need a spark with all the pitching injuries, and Volpe can be that spark. In my opinion, he's proven himself already. Let the kid play. Hell yeah. That's what a lot of people were thinking through the first week or two. And me especially, I was saying there's just there's no way he's added to the roster right to start the season. Then as time progresses, very similar for me, I was like, there's definitely a chance, a much bigger chance that he could now, and I would love it, but I got to see it to believe it. And fortunately, he has been. But I was still hesitant to really believe that he was going to. But again, like I've said a million times now already, kudos to the Yankees for actually doing it. At Sean 9966-0764 says, I honestly believe that Volpe will be on the roster come opening day. Your belief was right, my dude. At Volpe is him, says he better be. I'd expect no different reply from a big Anthony Volpe page. <laughs> At Colleen NYY fan says, unless they make a last-minute move to unload IKF for Glaber, I just don't think there's room for him, as much as I hate to say it. Well, that's also a reason why I was saying I have to see it to believe it too, because what have we been speaking about most of this episode, guys, especially before the Volpe news came out when I was recording hours and hours ago, was that I was saying with the roster too, with the infield logjam, something's got to give before I could also fully believe that Volpe has a chance to be added. Unfortunately, Peraza was that thing to give, at least for now. But now that he was, since they since they were able to do that, I guess they had room for him, and he surely deserved it. There's no question about that. So, yeah, you had every right to think that. All right, let's see who else we've got. Let's finish off with our usual final two, since we're about an hour and a half in now already. <laughs> let's go with my girlfriend at Vic Salimo. She says, he's earned it, so he should. But can we trust the Yankees to put him on it? That's another story. I'm going to be positive and trust them to do it. And if not, I'll just pout. 
There's really nothing else to do, right? You were right to be confident, though. You had the same doubts as I did, it sounds like, but uh, you were just hoping and praying that they would, like I was. And uh, they did. They put them on it. Hallelujah. Last but certainly not least, as always, is my mom, Julia Gina Scudero, and she says, I actually do think Anthony Volpe would be on the opening day roster. Not that the front office makes good decisions a lot of the time, but I think they realize that this kid is golden. You don't want to miss this perfect time for him. Hey, if they're always willing to give Hicks, Donaldson, and IKF a shot when they've done little to nothing to deserve it so far, give this golden child who's proven this spring that he can do it a chance. Let's go Volpe. Not bad logic, Mom. Yeah, the front office does, you know, they take their W's and they take their L's like anyone else. They've certainly taken a lot of L's these last few years, though. But, yeah, it's not not bad logic. If you can make room for the kid and given how much he deserves it with what he's done, yeah, he should be there. And you were right to believe that he would be as well. A lot of you were right. Good on all of you. So that about does it for the social media segment, guys. I guess the only things really left to... uh, to emphasize, before I wrap up the show here again, is the Volpe news. It is humongous. So we will see Anthony Volpe on the opening day roster. And we've gotten little inklings and details the last couple of hours in the time that I was at my dad's house about who's making the roster, who's probably not making the roster. And we've seen guys like Abreu and Cordero come across and then Peraza being optioned to AAA, of course, and Volpe making the roster. These pieces of news will continue to come out as the next couple of days come across because the roster's got to be set before Thursday opening day, obviously. So we're going to get more information as the days go along in this crunch of time prior to Thursday. But for now, guys, really exciting news. Despite all the injury crap, as we head towards opening day 2023, I cannot believe that this is the last full spring training episode of Yapping Yankees and we've got another season Straight ahead of us, right around the corner. Four more days. Just four. That's it. One sleep tonight, one sleep tomorrow night, one sleep Tuesday night, one sleep Wednesday night, and then at one o'clock in the afternoon on Thursday, we've got 2023 regular season Yankees baseball. That's about it, guys, for episode 176 of Yapping Yankees. The only thing left to do is just watch these next last couple of spring training games and just be really excited for the season to start. That's really all there is to it. But while you're doing that, what you could also do, if you haven't already, is follow me on all social medias. My Facebook fan page is Mike Scudero NY. My Twitter is at Mike Scudero. And Instagram is Mike Scuds 97 Be sure to subscribe to Yapping Yankees on all four of the platforms it's available on as well. That is YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Show your love on it like each and every one of you always do such a great job at doing. And if you have the time, if you've missed any past Yapping Yankees episodes, well, don't sweat it. You can listen to episodes 34 all the way up to episode 176 today on YouTube and every single Yapping Yankees episode, going all the way back to episode one, including today's as well, are all available on Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud. But once again, I thank you 3,000 for listening to me yap today. As always, my good people, 
I have been your host, Mike Scudero, and I will talk to you next Sunday, April 2nd, when I come at you with episode 177 of Yapping Yankees after I have attended my first Yankee game in four years and amidst the regular season having started. But until then, hang in there, be patient, stay safe, look out for your loved ones, go ahead and kick life's ass this week, my friends, and let us await that opening day roster. Let us enjoy these last couple of spring training games, seeing the boys getting ready for the regular season. Let us enjoy the hell out of opening day. Let me enjoy the hell out of attending a Yankee game for the first time in four years on Saturday the 1st. And then, of course, next Sunday, we'll enjoy another good old episode. Episode 177 of Yapping Yankees next Sunday on Palm Sunday. I cannot wait to speak to you again when we are talking about baseball that actually counts again, my good people. And let's hope that opening weekend goes as well as it possibly could. And we have happier things to talk about rather than sad. Because, of course, we want to be happy. Because all we're feeling in the first place is excitement and joy with the regular season right around the corner. So let's hope that can continue and the Yankees can kick the Giants' ass this weekend in the Bronx in front of us psychopathic Yankee fans. But until we chat again next Sunday, my friends, I really hope you have a great week because there are lots of reasons to have one. Until next Sunday, folks, take care. 